0: Welcome. How are you doing? It's been an up and down week. Yeah, but I think ultimately it's been a flipping amazing week because we're in the Champions League final. The result against Arsenal was incredibly disappointing, of course, and the the performance was particularly disappointing because it, they were they were they were poor. United were Arsenal. Of course, will come to this game in detail, but playing as if uh, they had the freedom of the city, which of course they they felt because they didn't have anything at stake. But but yeah, it's, it was very very disappointing. But I have to say I've. Been on absolute cloud nine. Third Champions League final in four years. Absolutely. Incredible, incredible. Yeah, I know. Well, you would Well, we. I didn't
1: pick it at the beginning of the season because I, I think I, in my uh, season predictions post, I I picked United for a quarter final spot, and I, I figured that was about United's level. And and it's it's amazing. I mean, we got lucky with the semi final with such insipid opponents that. Uh, it, 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 really, I think if we'd picked Barcelona or Real Madrid in the semi, it would have been a, a clearly a much tougher job. Uh, but but you know, due reward for beating Chelsea in the quarter. And, and Schalke really put up very little resistance and, and, and in the Champions League final that's fantastic and we'll, perhaps we'll come on to the, the Schalke game in a little bit but I guess we, we need to look uh, before we look at the highs we need to look at the lows of the weekend and and the defeat against Arsenal it was just another one of those Manchester United away from home performances which, which seems to happen every few games we just really don't perform away from home ever so strange
0: ever so strange I thought the team selection looked fine to me there wasn't any massive surprise. Prizes. it arsenal arsenal just played like a, a a team who no longer had any pressure on them because clearly they're a very talented bunch who just really cannot handle the pressure and in a way it's you know it it's kind of a bad result for them because it justifies wenger for another season not not wenger necessarily but his approach because it's like oh yes okay so we've thrown everything away but on the other hand we've beaten manchester united chelsea arsenal I oh, know they are Arsenal Manchester City so. right,
1: I think you're probably right there they didn't defeat themselves well, most mate. of the season well yeah.
0: uh, yes of course this is true but I think it is clear that our way is the best way to play the football and we will keep doing this next season we'll sell Fabregas and just play Aaron Ramsey I think this will be fine you know all that kind of stuff Um. but, yeah. but from our perspective it's tremendously disappointing with, with all that on the line and, and you know it's all very well making fun of Arsenal's mental strength but we sort of Displayed something of a lack of mental strength ourselves in that game. I have to say, I thought the, the squad looked jaded. Maybe it was the uh, maybe it was the Champions League away trip the week before.
1: Yeah, and 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 Ferguson does does say that uh, it is a mantra of his that, that it takes it out of United, and and it's true. It's the travelling and the intensity of the competition and and all of that. So yeah, uh, United did look tired. There was a slight tactical change as well, of course, because uh, we've repeatedly beaten Arsenal by manning up in midfield and just uh, and then catching. Him on the uh, break as uh, Arsenal keep possession and then we break away and, and score. But that th- we actually didn't look very threatening against Arsenal for very long periods of the game and um, and and we didn't man up in midfield. Actually, we played two up front with Rooney, albeit Rooney very deep. Uh, but it was different midfield makeup than than we have played in the last couple of games against Arsenal. I, I wonder if Darren Fletcher had been fully fit, whether he would have he would have started that game.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I suspect he might have done. And and some of our some of our good- Good. Players didn't have good games. Uh, Nani, I thought, had a really particularly poor game.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah. So he's he's gone off the boil a little bit, hasn't he? And it seems to have coincided with uh, with Valencia taking his place in the team. I'm not sure which precipitated which, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a shame because he's been so effective throughout the season. And uh, it's a big call cool, cool now because of course he uh, in uh, on form, he he probably will miss out on a place in the Champions League side. But um, uh, which is a shame for for probably United's player of the season.
0: Yeah, and Anderson was awful against Arsenal. Truly, truly awful. Truly, And it's just one of those incredibly frustrating performances from him. Yeah, absolutely. And um, he, his shooting, my good Lord, his shooting. He's just scored two goals in the Champions League semi-final. Maybe he's been reading the uh, my Twitter feed because his, uh, his shooting was absolutely abysmal. I asked the question, why is Anderson so appalling at shooting? And it's a genuine question. He's, he's obviously a talented footballer, um, but his, his shooting, is just I don't know it's just like he's never learned to do it and you would think that he would have uh, well you'd think they might be doing some
1: practice yeah right? I mean, you know, muscle memory and all yeah, that. Exactly, and, and uh, I, he just doesn't look very confident in front of the goal. He always snatches everything. Yeah, and maybe last night will d- will
0: do him a huge amount of good. I mean, it's possible. I, d- I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs>
1: yeah, but we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see. see. I, I mean, he's, he's got a few goals in the reserves, but that, that, when he, when it comes to the uh, the opportunity uh, in in the first team, he's very rarely taken it. Well, yeah, he?
0: except of course, maybe he's just waiting for the big stage. Um, um, just like the G-bomb. Oh, ah, first mention the G-bomb. There might be a few of them. There, there was a free kick from Rooney, probably our best chance or one of our better chances. Although it, it got sort of a, a good re- response from a lot of United fans and a lot of people saying, oh, Rooney should take all the free kicks. But... It was on target, but it, it had no pace on it, and it would have been a real hash for the goalkeeper to let it in. Um, I, I still don't think we've solved our set piece problem at all.
1: Well, no, and and all kinds of set pieces, uh, not not just the direct free kicks. The United's record from corners is absolutely horrendous as well, and, and uh, it's it's one area of uh, of uh, United's game that's. Uh A real failure.
0: Because we win so many corners. That's what's what's really frustrating. But it's got to, you know, a good move will be sort of well-defended or semi-well-defended. And and our break, you know, because we play such counter-attacking football, one of the the out, the positive outcomes of a counter-attack is a corner, isn't it? Um, in terms of creating goal-scoring opportunities. But now it's got to the point where, um, I can't remember who it was that tweeted, I'd almost rather the ball went for a goal kick because we're genuinely more dangerous from an opposition goal kick than we are from a corner.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's an extreme, but, but probably uh, has some uh, has some truth in that, yeah. I mean, I think it's something like two goals in you know, however many 200 and something games. I, I can't remember. I saw the stat. It's, it's a abysmal anyway yeah. it's it's really abysmal uh, united scoring record from corners and and uh, something they might want to think about if uh, if dipping into the transfer market because it, it makes a difference i mean the details are what wins big games you know, the little details the, the shot that's deflected the header in from a corner it's a free goal it's a free goal effectively if, if you if you can um, because you didn't have to create it it's not it's nothing you can do tactically tactically it's not about brilliance of the players uh, per se it's about the great delivery and the movement and the header and it's a goal and it's um, it's a very cheap way of getting goals and it, it does decide many and matches. anyone that's
0: been playing paying the slightest bit of attention to united this season doesn't need to stat to know there's a massive problem with our corner taking because you can just see it It, because he just Nanny just hardly ever beats the first man and 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 because there's no consistency that that has a real negative effect on the times when a good ball does come in because the defenders who are up for to take the court and to Attack the corners. Genuinely, are not used to it. So Vidic and are uh, whoever. I mean, it's more often Vidic than Rio but they're they're just you know out of practice, literally. Yeah, I mean, one one of the other
1: things to say is that that they were not a big side no, by yeah, any means. True. I mean, uh, Vidic's side. There there are no man mountains in there, and uh, so so the physicality of the, the the side doesn't lend itself well to to scoring a lot from corners. Uh, I, I mean, even Dimitar Berbatov, who's a bigger player, is not great in the air, is he? So. Um, that, that's uh, I, 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 honestly I, I cannot remember a time when when Berbatov has scored from a corner it's it probably never happened Stat- Stats people out there, go and find it. Oh,
0: wasn't that what about? Uh, I, I cannot remember. What about the a time. overhead kick goal number two against Liverpool? Wasn't that from a corner? Well, that's second yeah, phase. Oh, yeah, wasn't oh, it? you mean first phase attacking the corner? Okay, fair enough. No, nope, fair enough. So yeah, just just generally appalling against Arsenal. Depressing game to watch. And it's
1: put United under a massive amount of pressure now because I mean, okay, so we 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 have Blackburn Rovers and Blackpool to come after after the Chelsea game. And that is that is an insurance policy. But if Chelsea do win, and we'll do a fuller preview, clearly, uh, later in the show, but, but if Chelsea do win at Old Trafford, they will have a goal difference advantage going in those two games. Uh, and so it may well come to United having to score more against uh, Blackpool at Old Trafford than Chelsea score against Everton at Goodison Park. And I, I mean, I guess that's the bet you'd want, yeah. right? But But still but still um it's it's not a position we should have been in really it's, it's just it was just so disappointing that, that at this crucial stage of the season there was such an insipid performance from United and I just thought there'd just be more from them and you know, even if it was a case of just kicking a few Arsenal players around and and getting back into the game doing the the dirty stuff and just doing going back to basics or even playing from back to front a little bit I mean it just didn't happen it was um it was uh, there was nothing there was no plan B United would just pour through well,
0: have had a penalty uh, to quote the football ramble. Yes,
1: a- absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no doubt about that at all. No, but bear- I mean, there was the uh, there was a debatable one with Evra. It was a bit of a fifty fifty, and Evra was definitely thought he should have. That was not a penalty and, um, because
0: he reached out his arm to shove the defender off him, which I'm pretty sure is a foul, and his arm got caught up in the no, defender. No, no, you know. Ha-
1: a handoff All is right. okay. okay. A handoff is All okay. Right. Yeah, well, maybe
0: hand- well, in that case, was a it was a penalty, but the Michael Owen one definitely was. Uh, one one where there was a lot of grey area though, which uh, you know, definite, you know, easy easy to see why they called it the wrong way. Vidic uh, with a header, which was misguidedly represented by television images as a handball, but of course, definitely clearly. A yes, header. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Or something. Vid- vidic would never cheat. No, massively 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 cheat do, no, don't no. like but to defi- definitely wouldn't do don't like to see it though right? all joking aside just hate to see it from our team yeah I, it would have been um almost but impo- just clearly
1: impossible i think for anyone to spot that i mean tv cameras show it in very very slow motion uh, in real time the deflection is so utterly minimal actually uh, one thing i would say about that i saw a lot of uh, or heard a lot of analysis saying well it would have been definite red card uh, absolute nonsense that was that was was a foot and a half above Vidic's head uh, when he's deflected it. The ball took almost no deviation from its current cross. I, I think there was no chance that Van Persie was going to score there. To call that a genuine goal-scoring opportunity, uh, I just don't think
0: so. No, yeah, absolutely. But but big a big old big old bit of cheating from uh, the big Serb who's had an amazing season, of course. He,
1: he has, he has, and and uh, just very odd as well uh, why he did it. It was no need given how high it was. But uh, yeah. there you go. Yeah strange one.
0: But Russia blood to the head type thing that happen happens to footballers, doesn't it? It, it
1: does, it's a, but it's a you know, little the minutiae as I was saying. It's all in the details. It's those, you know, split second decisions that um that you know make a great player into a to a poor one in a in a microsecond.
0: Or a poor one into a great one in the case of the one, the only <laughs> G-Ball. Yeah, for 42 shots, one goal <laughs> in 2010. Yeah, well, but, absolutely, but you know, if it takes 42 shots to score a goal and you score in the Champions League semi-final, it's all worth it. I should say at this point that Darren Gibson is infinitely better than me at football so anything i say against him is from a position of absolutely no authority but the kid clearly had the game of his career um on wednesday night against Schalke. well i have to i have to say in full disclosure
1: i completely missed the game i had a a work function and i was not able to see it so you're going to have to give me uh, your insight into united's I, I i i had to watch the game through the wonderful world of twitter which which gives you an insight but a pretty distorted one I think
0: in terms of how a game actually progresses. Um, it, it does, but I think the thing is the problem is that you did with you not seeing the game. I mean, obviously, it's a massive dereliction of duty for you not to watch a Champions League semi-final. It, it,
1: look, clearly, I had I had no choice otherwise. Uh, yes, just no choice.
0: I, I understand uh, that sometimes real life takes over, but the thing is, I'm going to tell you a bunch of stuff now, and genuinely, you're going to think I've made it all up. <laughs> Because Anderson and Darren Gibson were both absolutely magnificent last night in the beating heart of the Manchester United midfield. Their, their passing was brilliant. Their tracking back was really effective and energetic. And Anderson scored two goals. Two. That's not one. He didn't score one goal. He scored two goals. And one of the G-bomb shots went in. Not only did it go in, it went in sort of straight through Manuel Neuer's incredibly ineffective attempt at keeping the ball out. So that's Darren Gibson was brilliant and Manuel Neuer was terrible. Those are that, those are two things I know are not going to be easy for you to deal with <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I, well. Okay. I, I'm. Gonna, I'm afraid I'm going to have to give some context to this though, because I, genuinely, our Schalke are Schalke the worst Champions League semi finalists?
0: Ever. Hey, listen, yeah? Hold on, hold on. Let me just find it one second. It's here somewhere. Everyone's saying how bad a team Schalke are, etc. You weren't saying that when they knocked Valencia and Inter Milan out before. Hash, just saying. That's a direct quote from Atria35, as if I needed to tell you who it was a quote from. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, all right. Schalke, they. I know that clearly. Inter are not even good enough to win Serie A, and that's quite bad when you've um, when you're Inter Milan. But Valencia, Valencia absolutely looked really effective against us. I, I know they didn't score a goal, even though. Well,
1: well, look, look let let us put some context on that. Yeah, they look they look decent against us, but that was early in the season when they were playing well. They're now something like you know 35 points behind uh, Real Madrid, I'd uh, <laughs> say. So, yeah, and and Milan are are storming away with Serie A. Uh, but they were they were annihilated by tottenham so uh, who who are uh, you know are, are going to be lucky to make fifth place this season and might not even do that of course so i i, I think it's Syria has not been this bad for an awful long time. I mean, it's been a decade of of pretty poor football in in Syria, but but uh, I I don't think it's ever been this bad. And and Schalke, well maybe maybe they just froze. Maybe it's that because because there are some decent players in that side, uh, and and clearly look they have the uh, the core of the side that won the Bundesliga last season. They they should have been an awful lot better. It was just it's just they didn't provide any challenge to United, and especially with the the team Ferguson put out last night, which was clearly a gamble. One one that's paid very handsome dividends but clearly a gamble and, and he talked about an experience back four and he didn't actually do that in the end putting Smalling and Evans in the, the heart of defence and uh, so it was there if there was ever going to be a shot at turning around a 2-0 home loss it was there for Schalke and they, they uh, I guess just didn't put up anything
0: Well I mean they were a little better last night for periods I think, um, I think Ferguson's decision was really interesting I, I was definitely definitely concerned that the most concerned I was actually was when the room was going around that Thomas Kuszak was going to play. Not, not like that I think he's a terrible, terrible player or anything, but I just think the Champions League semi-final needs some old heads dotted about if you're going to play some young players because if they'd scored in the first five minutes it would have got the atmosphere would have completely changed you know as it was there was a very peculiar atmosphere at Old Trafford last night there there was there was a, a really odd lull because I mean obviously Old Trafford doesn't always have the best atmosphere but on big Champions League nights it's still been fantastic but there was that real sense that all we could do was throw it away You know, winning... Was kind of expected, you know. That's what we assumed was going to happen. But the 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 what was at stake if it had gone wrong? Being two nil up from the away leg against inferior opposition, you know, the, it just would have been would have been terrible. And there was a sense of nervousness about that. And I think the fact that he played Van der Sar behind Smalling and Evans was absolutely crucial because obviously he's he's been to more Champions League finals than any other player in the in the Champions League era. Right. Yes. Yes. I, and there's an incredible amount of semi-final matches he's been to as well yeah so, oh and maybe sorry maybe it was maybe it's more semi-finals than... yeah
1: i think that was like his 16th semi-final match so you know eight eight uh ties are in eight eight um eight times in the semi-finals so um which, which is amazing but a reflection of the great career he's had I, I think you're right actually I, I think i think that kind of experience if you're going to play a few inexperienced players at the back is um is absolutely crucial and and, and it was at home so it wasn't the traveling to be concerned about and he doesn't exactly do a lot of running so he shouldn't be too physically tired uh, so I, I think it was the right decision yeah I, I guess if it was away from home he might have considered playing a different goalkeeper i know that sounds a, a strange thing but but he had he has tended to rest uh, Van Dessau in the Champions League on occasion and, and obviously in the Cup games
0: yeah um, uh, talking about the atmosphere um, at Will underscore Lum on uh, Twitter has asked if we can have a shout out to the United legend chants that rang round Old Trafford last night and that was absolutely magnificent when the game was pretty clearly won um, I think we were 3-1 up the songbook was just absolutely busted out there was one David Beckham of course there was, there was a rousing chorus of one Brian Robson but there was a bit a keynote's magic hat in there and uar cantonar it, it was just terrific it, it was lovely to hear uh hear those chants Maybe there was a uh, You Are My Soul Shire. You know, all, all, all the old classics, all the ones that you right, would expect. Yes, yes, yes. No,
1: no, it's, it, it is great. And it's quite, it's quite popular in away games, obviously, for, for United fans to bring out all the old songs and actually some of the Youth Cup games as well and uh, reserve games and stuff like that. And it, it's not uh, often heard at Old Trafford. So, yeah. yeah,
0: no, absolutely. Um, it, it was it was really, a, a really enjoyable thing. that, and, and the performance was just, it was completely and utterly magnificent. Berbatov didn't score, but now listen to this, right? You know how I said you're not going to believe any of these things that I say to you about this game, um, and, and whatever you say about the quality of the opposition, poor quality opposition has not stopped Anderson and Darren Gibson looking terrible in the past. So, so the fact that they look really good against poor quality opposition is a marked improvement on some of their performances. Um, I'm, th- you know, thinking in Gibson's case, the away trip to Southampton, for example, he had an absolute shocker, if I remember rightly, um, or possibly it was the Crawley Town game, one or the other. Yes,
1: yeah. We're well, yeah, yeah, quite possibly both. Actually, yes,
0: he was. All, well, the whole mean field was awful. Yeah, yeah, Hampton. exactly. Um, so, so the fact that he was good, and and you know, it's fair to say it's been said in a lot of places. But the through ball that Gibson played for Valencia's goal was an absolute match for the through ball that Iniesta played through for Pedro the night before. Esther was uh, at Man United. youth's tweet, and you know, okay, the left back was much in a much worse position, but still, the waiting on the pass was absolutely stunning, and it's not an easy. test technique, so it, it was impressive and his presence was really impressive. Fair um, fair, fair, fair due to that,
1: but but I, I still consider him a one-trick pony. I mean, he's just like, he's technically light years away from Iniesta. I mean, not that anyone was pretending he suddenly has become that kind of quality of player. I just think he's so far behind. I don't know how a 23-year-old player can improve his technique so much. I mean, Darren Fletcher was the late maturer. I mean, it's, it's very rare for a player to, to not be getting games at Old Trafford by the time they're 21 and then to, to breakthrough yeah, if they're already seen as a bit part player it does it just doesn't feel like that happens too often but but uh fletcher did it and but I, you know and i guess he's the model isn't he but for gibson but gibson is Know, purportedly an attacking midfield player I mean he's one certainly one who, who likes to shoot uh, and um, I just I just don't I mean he may have had a great game I just don't buy that he's good enough for, for United
0: sure I, in fact that answers a question asked by at Jatti Jotta, which was he says all about the G-bomb is that the game which starts a Fletcher like revival of his United career he does go on to say probably not um, but but still. No, I, don't, I don't think so I mean he's he, he started about something like a dozen games in the,
1: the Premier in league for United and he's 23 I, I, just, I just don't see it I, I'd i be really surprised if he's still around at the club next season I mean if he is he's is just there to, to play a few cup games now and again but what's the point for his career he's 23 years old yeah
0: but you know obviously we've talked about this before he backs himself he got a massive kick earlier in the game and he looked in real genuine agony he wasn't messing around and kind of kicking the ribs and, um, uh, Jefferson Farfan I think it was kind of left the boot in him as he went over for him and uh, at twisted underscore blood uh, asked the, suggested in fact that, that maybe he needs to be kicked in the ribs more often because it seems to activate footballer mode As I, I thought was was very apt uh, but you know I said that you wouldn't believe me when I talked about the game uh, and you'd think I'd been watching some sort of weird Twilight Zone experience uh, Dimitar Berbatov didn't score but led the line magnificently playing up front on his own what, what, what have you been speaking I'm, I'm, I'm telling you te- is, it, is it the uppers or the downers Listen, I'm I'm 11 years clean almost to the day, and I'm telling you, Dimitar Berbatov looked great up front on his own. It, it was a real, real extraordinary performance. I dropped off the wagon. It's a crack again, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's not. Um, it, it, it was amazing to see. Uh, uh, to restore the balance, though, Raphael got injured and uh, Paul Skoll's got a yellow card but I think it's worth saying managed to get through without any of our key
1: players being suspended yes and uh, that's a that massive bonus a massive bonus yeah um, and and, and we're clearly the the very keyest of players if, if that's the word it is now uh, I, I were all uh, arrested for the game but yeah uh, it would have been a real shame if anyone had missed out because of suspension yeah for sure So and unfortunately no suspensions on the Barcelona side
0: no absolutely even though they should all be sent off apart from like Messi, Xavi, Ines, and Iniesta for their insane rolling around. Oh, it's just I, I, I just it, it was better,
1: wasn't it? On on Tuesday night, uh, it was better than than the the first leg of the the Classico Mark Five this season. But we
0: can't we can't call it the Classico anymore.
1: No, El Crapico. Yeah, the Elastico. It just keeps coming back. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I, it's it was it was. It was slightly better, but, but Javier Mascherano was an absolute disgrace. Oh, absolute, absolute disgrace!
1: I'd say I thought Madrid were very unlucky with that, and Ronaldo falls over and catches what? Well, did he even touch Mascherano? It must be the merest of brushes. Who threw himself to the floor? And it was, uh, yeah, criminal that was. And and Busquets wasn't the worst defender on Tuesday night, but he generally is. And uh, we had a we had an email into the Rankcast from Daniel Ortega who suggested Barcelona drinking game. You take a drink. For each time one of the Barcelona players rolls around the floor or when five or more Barcelona players surround the referee, uh, there's some very complicated stuff based on possession and then ends it off with, uh, if Busquets grabs his face, finish your drink. If the replay indicates there was no contact made with Busquets' face, which is about 99% of the time, finish your neighbour's drink too. So there you go, that's a Barcelona drinking game. Try it next time La Liga's on.
0: Definitely, definitely don't ever try that game because you'll definitely, definitely die. It's, uh, it's, it's a, a wonderful way ticket to severe alcohol poisoning
1: it's a worry right aside aside from barcelona's supreme quality you also have to capture the fact that that they are trying all
0: the time to get your players sent off yeah for sure and when porto won the champions league and when they won the uefa cup the season before that was the most frustrated i've ever been watching a team play football but They needed to do that. They lacked in technical quality. They they were a good side and they massively overachieved partly because of their incredibly effective cheating. And it's such a shame to see what is genuinely one of the best sides in history certainly led by you know, the most mercurial genius of a footballer I've seen since Zinedine Zidane are, are an absolutely incredible player, Leo Messi. It's so sad to see them resort to cheating. They don't need to do it. They could win without yes, it. Yes, Who Who? Uh, Ida Good-Johnson told
1: us on Tuesday night is it's called Lionel, not Lionel. I can't. I just can't bring myself to, to do that, I'm afraid.
0: All night long, <laughs> all night long. Lionel just means one thing to me. He's easy like Sunday morning, is Leo Messi. <laughs>
1: yes. Uh, oh, dear. It could be a long a long rant cast with some of these. Um, <laughs> yeah, w- look, you're, you're, you're absolutely right, of course. They, they are brilliant all over the pitch. I mean, in, in Javi, they've had one of the best midfielders of the past decade. In Yester, they've got one of the most creative attacking midfielders. Lionel Messi's on a different planet. They've got a, a magnificent goal scorer in David Villa, who's had a you know, an up-and-down season. Uh, he went quite a long time without scoring, uh, yeah in the last couple of months they've got some magnificent footballers at the back they, they keep possession so well it doesn't even matter if they haven't got all the defenders in place because if they're keeping possession 70-75% of the time even against top quality opposition then, then how much can the opposition really hurt you and it's 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 going to be a really really tough one for United to work out the right tactics and I think the temptation for Ferguson will be to pack the midfield and to try and um, you know, stifle them and you just it just it it's just going to involve right wave after wave of attack and United will will end up playing dropping deeper and deeper and deeper and just playing long balls to presumably Rooney up front on his own or or Hernandez up front on his own with Rooney defending left so that that's a scenario in which it's very hard to see United winning from the alternative scenario I think is for United to play in a similar fashion to uh, how they played against Chelsea obviously very very different opposition but just the shape Uh, so with Rooney very very deep augmenting the central midfield and Park providing some security on the right and nullify Danny Alves who's one of the 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 real threats and and Rooney I think the key bit is every single attack for Barcelona starts with Sergio Busquets and somehow United have got to stop that whether it's Rooney or one of the other midfielders um, United need to stop that and then they need to work out what to do with Messi because he starts he starts up front or left or right or wherever and he drops in midfield and it, it caused us a havoc for United in the 2009 final it's it's a very
0: difficult one I mean the problem with not packing the midfield is which who do you put in the midfield as a turn Across the middle.
1: Yeah, well, then no, no, my suggestion is Rooney plays, you know, very deep, and he, he augments the the central midfield when he needs to. Yeah. Oh, uh, who who's your central
0: midfield in that in that situation? Su- I
1: I mean I I'm I'm not sure that Darren Fletcher will be fit enough, so I, I think it's probably Carrick and Giggs who just give United enough guile in there to, to retain possession of the ball, and uh, obviously Carrick we've discussed has a problem when. Pressed, he doesn't like to behave. You know, he doesn't like to think quickly, does he? And uh, I think Barcelona are probably the best pressing uh, team in the world. I think, and and actually, an interesting piece by um, Johan Cruyff this week. He who said uh, it's not because they they work so hard at pressing; it's because they uh, they they they're so close and compact together, and they barely pass any more than ten yards. That they're actually very near the ball all the time. When yeah, they're, when they're never... already there. They right. don't have to press. Yeah, right. yeah. And um, uh, which is a fair analysis. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's. it's it's very difficult. I mean, you put Darren Fletcher in there at the expense of Michael Carrick, and you lose some of the passing eye at the expense of Ryan Giggs, and you you lose some of his know-how. You could push Giggs left instead of Park, and then you you miss Park's tactical discipline. And and what else do you miss from Park? Energy. That's it. Energy. Uh, but the dogs of Boston. No, I'm not going there. And um, it's it, it's a re- it's a, just a really difficult one. Aside from aside from just how good this team is. I've um i've um
0: i think that i i think you have to play three central midfielders in there i i, I just think i think you do and i think that you're out i i, I... I put on Twitter and I changed it slightly but um uh, Van der Sar Fabiel, either of them as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't really matter which one you pick but I wouldn't be totally surprised if he went for O'Shea because he seems to really, really rate him in Europe, he's played so many games for us in the Champions League so obviously he does have absolute bags of experience but I think it would be great to have one of the twins, uh, Rio Vidic, and Evra, and then Valencia on the right and I put skulls, but actually I think if Fletcher's fit, Fletcher, Carrick and give and if Fletcher's not fit, then probably Park, Carrick, and Giggs in the middle, and uh, Nanny on the other wing, Rooney up front on his own. Because I, I think so long as Giggs is playing, you know, in in the kind of role that he gets forward enough, you, that's essentially a kind of four-two-three-one really. Um, so. Yes, but the problem is he might not get forward enough. No, no you're right. That, that's that's the problem with going that way. And the problem with going the other way is that you're putting not enough men in the way of Xavier and Iniesta and they've got too much room. But I guess the argument is, from from the perspective that you're talking about, I mean, A, you said like Rooney had dropped very deep, but then that kind of causes a different sort of problem, attacking problem all of its own. And... That the the problem with, with my way is that it doesn't really matter if you put three men in there because Iniesta and Javi get that all the time and are still absolutely brilliant against it and you've still got to then do something about Leo Messi who's the best player in the game. All this aside, I genuinely believe we're going to win the Champions League and it's I can't give you a really good reason for it. It's a stupid Man United destiny thing. I just... I absolutely feel it I can I can it just sort of makes a really peculiar kind of sense and I think that the fact that we're underdogs is absolutely brilliant it's just brilliant and if it wasn't Javi wouldn't be saying we're the favourites you know if it wasn't important for us to kind of kind of be considered underdogs
1: yes Yes, uh, yeah, interesting interesting on that. Well, I mean clearly United uh, underdogs cl- just clearly. I mean this is not a team that anyone expected to reach the the final except the uh the most optimistic of of supporters. Certainly no one on the, no neutrals expected United to to make it and the fact is we've been great. Um probably, probably better away from home than at home to be fair and a certain way of playing. I t- I just don't know if United can Park the bus. So we haven't got enough destroyers in there. I just don't think Fletcher is going to be fit because he's not going to play on 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 Sunday against Chelsea, and and he might get some game time against Blackburn and Blackpool. But but there's this is no time to be resting players and rotating heavily. So uh, we'll see. And uh, of course, United actually do have a week in between each fixture now, so um, which which certainly helps at this time of the season.
0: Yeah, and and you know hopefully. You know, all this talk. We'll we'll revisit potential starting lineups and stuff like that when we see what the next few weeks bring. Because I put Nanny in my potential starting lineup, but if he plays the way he did. You know, if he, if he continues his poor run of form, uh, then it'd be very difficult to justify putting him in the first team. Yeah, but he's, he can get you a goal, can't he? So yeah, this is the thing, but not if he's terribly out of form. And of course, Park can get you a goal too, even though I don't understand how that works in terms of the law of physics. He definitely does get goals.
1: <laughs> well, not all that many, but he gets some important ones. So yeah, I mean, it, look, it would have been. I remember the last Champions League uh, final against Barcelona, and I think uh, my preview for that game said that United would bully Barcelona. I don't know how ridiculous does that sound now but but yeah. United were a very powerful side at that time and I, I'm not quite sure that United got the tactics right because uh, they left Ronaldo at front on his own, really spent most of the time defending. Messi started centrally and dropped deep constantly so Ferdinand and Vidic had no one direct to mark at all uh, and um, it was just all runners from midfield and, and so they always had an extra man in midfield even with United playing three centrally in there and And it was just a real problem. It it was all wrong. It was just all wrong. Uh, and, And everyone had a bad game on top of it. Being all wrong, Um so it's uh, it's it's kind of real challenge, real massive challenge for United. And it's it's good to be optimistic, but it's not grounded in much realism. But but hey, look, you know, maybe it'll all go, all things go. Maybe maybe they'll get a couple of injuries. Maybe they just won't perform. Maybe United will gamble and play a very very high line and squeeze the game because that's that's is what they need to do. But it's it's risky, but it's it's what United need to do because the alternative is to file ten men behind the ball, park the bus play. Like Inter Milan did um, at as at, uh, at Camp Nou uh, last season, and and just hope, and and that it would make for an extremely ugly final. But maybe Ferguson will decide that's the way to go. I, I somehow doubt it.
0: I I don't think that I don't think that's coming. I just don't think that's coming. It seems to me. I I mean, in two thousand and nine, we were like heavy favourites to win that game. There was a lot of took because Chelsea had run Barcelona real, real close in the semi final, and right, and yeah, very,
1: very unlucky not to not to get uh, quite a few key decisions go against them, and obviously the very, very, very late goal from iniesta. Yeah,
0: and we were brilliant that season. We were we were in a different class to to where we're at right now. I think in terms of just like sheer quality of the squad, uh, well, just you know we had Ronaldo then and we don't have him now and you can't say that hasn't been there hasn't been a weakening but it's you know I think I I think Fergie's gonna go for it because we haven't really got anything to lose because I think he must know we can't park the bus and I think the absolute star of this season has been Sir Alex Ferguson he's made some 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 of his gambles haven't worked out but so many of them have and and i just i just got a feeling for him this year i'm i'm really i'm super super excited about that. I wasn't looking forward to the game last night at all because I just felt like there's you know the best it, i just wanted it to be over and us have got through because because we were in that kind of really strong position and because they'd looked so awful i i just I was really concerned about banana skin, but I'm not worried about this game at all against Barcelona. Because if we don't win the Champions League this season, I can't claim that I'm going to be somehow kind of crushed or devastated. We're not expected to win, uh, but I'm just I'm just really, really up for it and looking forward to it, and incredibly excited about it. You can't not
1: be incredibly excited unless, of, of course, you're trying to get a ticket. That that might be somewhat
0: difficult. My plan to get a ticket is this. This is my plan, right? Um. Hey, everyone, you know. How how you like the rank cast why not give me an Ed a ticket that's that's a, what what better way to say thank you for all the podcasts over the last two seasons you know we do this every week we don't get paid we just do this for the love we do this for you the listeners it's not like we enjoy it or anything Um. so you know if you just want to show your gratitude in two Champions League final tickets in the United end that would be fine by us
1: yeah I, th- I think that's only fair I think that's only fair of course uh, United released their um the the ticket news today so it's uh, 25,000 tickets obviously there's about 55,000 exec and season ticket holders, so executive box uh, and facility holders get first dibs. So it'll be about five thousand or so of those. Uh, they'll probably all end up on the black market again, but you know we'll see. um And then and then it is uh, first dibs go to season ticket holders who've also bought all ten cup games at home and also have applied for all six away or up to six away European games. It's been more than that, I think. Oh, no, 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 maybe that's right. Six away European games. And then to the guys who applied for five, and then four, then three, then two, then one, and then just the season ticket holders. And if for some miracle, uh, you know, 30,000 season ticket holders decide they really don't want to go to the Champions League final, uh, they're washing their hair or Coronation Streets on or something, uh, they'll uh, they'll go on on general sale. Uh, yeah, so um, I think it's going to be very difficult for uh, for lots and lots and lots of United fans, both season ticket holders and members, non-members, people around the world, to to get a, a ticket without um, going through the black market. UEFA have already sold there; they released 11,000 tickets for just the general public, and you had to bid on that in February. So if you didn't get a ticket through that uh, process, bad luck. Um, and uh, there's quite a few go to the uh, UEFA family, which is sponsors and, uh, and so on.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll win one of those in some sort of competition, Ed. Um, we, we'll work out some sort of, assuming that no Rankcast listeners give us tickets, which frankly I would understand. Um, we'll work out some sort of special something. I was thinking maybe some sort of maybe like a a meet up in in London in a pub near Wembley or something like that.
1: I I was thinking that too, and and that might be a good idea if, if uh, anyone wants to make the trip from wherever they are to uh, to somewhere in north. Northwesty London, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll we might do a rankcast live or something oh, like man, that. That'd be flipping awesome.
0: Yeah, let's do that. Um, uh, we've we've had a few uh, Twitter questions. Most most of them, I have to say, related to the semi final. And um, at BS1878MUTD asked what our lineups for the final would be. We've we've sort of discussed that a bit. We were asked to both talk about Darren Gibson. Well, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, the G bomb for twenty minutes by Trisha RKG because she wants to make up her mind if uh, he's good or not. I think. Ed's been very clear that he is not good and but I have to say Ed did not watch the Champions League semi-final so you have to bear that in mind and at Twisted Blood asked us to go the whole show without mentioning Darren Gibson just to confuse our expectant fan base, sorry haven't succeeded in doing that at MGZ93 expects to hear more about the UCL final after we refused to speak of it in the last episode I apologise for using the phrase UCL which is up there with EPL in things and uh, Ole 20 legend in things that upset me on the internet when I see them written out
1: yes yes EPL doesn't e- work EPL's for me. bad yeah, yeah. and
0: U- UCL's even worse because it includes UEFA it's like calling it the FIFA World Cup it's uh, it's the Champions League, or CL for short. Well, of course, uh, uh,
1: the Barclays Premier League, as every manager here likes to say, don't they? Uh, Because they they got a a round-robin memo from the League Managers Association reminding them of their responsibility to the Barclays sponsors of the, the Premier League. So, yeah, every interview is now. And even Ferguson did it the other day. I heard him, I was like, Oh god, I can't believe Ferguson's fallen. Yes, yeah.
0: cl- clearly get some sort of kickback every mention of Barclays, and you you get uh, I don't know a nice bottle of wine, which I think is the the universal thing that all football managers like more than anything else. Well, and uh, well,
1: and that and cash. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean of course Ferguson doesn't do that kind of thing. He, he was just he was just holding the money. Of course, in his safe from the uh, Andrei Kanchelskis deal,
0: yeah, yeah, nothing to do with him keeping the money at all. Just holding um, it. He's never going to talk to the rank cast again. We, we, uh, uh, Trisha RKG also asked, "Why is Anderson still chubby?" I have to say, I thought he looked um, quite ripped last night. I was accused of of too much homo, uh, which I slightly object to the term because you know, however much homo a person is, is all fine with me, but. It, uh, of because I pointed out that I think that the Twins and Chicharito are the three sweetest players in the league. I don't mean like they're the best looking or anything. I just mean they just all seem incredibly adorable. But but on that subject, I couldn't help noticing uh, Anderson had some pretty significant biceps on him when he was celebrating a goal. Were you, were you enjoying that? Were you, were you mentally
1: thinking of baby oil and, and rubbing it no, down? No, I
0: wasn't. And now I'm upset by that image. But I, d- I just... I thought i've never seen that before that notice that he's got got biceps which i realize now is because i've never seen him raising his arms in celebration of scoring before you sure it's not just bingo wings <laughs> maybe but i feel that that may be a bit harsh and um, also there's been some rumors that we're uh trying to stop man city signing alexis sanchez sanchez is, is a player united have tracked for a very long
1: time and and uh, this is a real interest uh, uh, other than the uh, you might have also read the Sergio Aguero stuff, which is nonsense, by the way. But Sanchez is, is one United trap for a very long time. If it comes to a bidding war, just depends on the player. Because if the player is more interested in coming to United, uh, uh, A, keeps the price down and uh, there's, there's no bidding on wages. If, if the player just wants the money, like 99% of them do, uh, then your City are going to win because they, they are going to outbid United both uh, for wages and transfer fee.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it depends on what sort of. Player he is, and it it does come down to that fact of you know if if they'd rather go to City, I'd rather they went to City, you know, because you don't particularly want that sort of player or character around the club, do you? And that's that's not a an anti-City thing, because I don't really care about Manchester City. It's a it's a about going to a less successful, more wealthy club. I think that does not speak brilliantly of a player. No, no, no. Um, but we'll, we'll see on that one. And there
1: is definitely is a long-standing interest. But, um, but uh, it's, it, it will be a very expensive deal either way. And there's there's been no history of United doing that in recent seasons. So we'll see if they're about to buck the trend or What not. do you think of him? I, I think he's a very talented player. I mean, I, I have to say, I don't watch an awful lot of Italian football. I do I catch him on ESPN when uh, I have nothing better to do. And uh, on the few occasions, I've seen him this season. Uh, I've I thought he's he's a he's a very good player, and uh, you know, clearly the standout player in Udinese. And I thought he had a really good World Cup as well. I think he's a very very talented multifunctional uh, forward creative player I mean he can play pure left wing but he can play off the striker he could play probably play the strike and play right and cut in so uh, which is actually what he did a lot during the world cup uh, so he would be a, a very good attacking addition to United squad I think but uh, as I said probably a very expensive deal
0: yeah it'd be interesting to see what happens with that one um, I think he would add a lot uh, from what I've seen of him which which like you is, is perhaps not as much as I would like to have he had a really good world cup I thought and uh, I I think I think I think so long as a player doesn't sort of disappear straight away, a really good cup a really good World Cup is a, a barometer of whether players can step up quite often if they're doing well in their league. Um and generally, you know, but perhaps not playing at the very highest levels. If they then go on to to impress in the World Cup, I think that's I think that's important. I mean, I, I'm a huge Valencia fan, and I've talked about this before, but I thought he was absolutely magnificent in the 2006 World Cup, and and that's I've kind of I was very surprised when he went to Wigan, uh, and delighted when he came to us, and uh, he was again, by the way, absolutely brilliant uh, in that semi-final. Uh, a very good shout for man of the match, uh, if not the A bomb or the G bomb. Um, just before we move on to the Chelsea game I cannot tell you how much I was beaming with pride at seeing uh, what seemed to be the whole of United's Twitter Twitterati using the phrase the G-bomb blown away i was if if ever that catches on in the mainstream i might have to retire because that'll be my lifetime ambition fulfilled you you should have uh, you should have trademarked it and got some
1: ipr involved in there and then you could then license it out to the newspapers and and retire a, a not very wealthy man hey no I'm, I'm just in it for the love yes Aren't, aren't we all? And so on to the Chelsea game, and we did we did quite a lot of previewing of the Chelsea game last week, I, I guess, uh, because it, they all merge into into one at this time of the season. But it's taken on a very different significance now after the loss to Arsenal. It, it, there's serious danger that um, United could lose all momentum in the uh, the Premier
0: League title race should Chelsea come to Old Trafford and win,
1: which is exactly what they did last um, year. It,
0: it would be horrible if that happened. It would just be such a, a horrible ball come down after the highs of uh, the the game in midweek the fact that it's at Old Trafford is the reason why I'm not too worried about this game obviously Chelsea proved last season that they can beat us at Old Trafford but I think that we're in we're in such good form at home maybe a slightly lacklustre performance against Everton at home but you know we're still unbeaten this season at home, our goal difference is absolutely ridiculous, it's something like scored 43, let in 9 Chelsea are obviously a very good side in good form but they were lucky to scrape a win against Tottenham at their place and let's face it Tottenham have been no great shapes lately so you know it... Lucky, lucky the
1: whatever god of luck was looking down on that, that's, that's... It's remarkable how lucky that was and, and i mean just two of the worst decisions i mean how how the linesman could possibly give that uh, it's just it's he couldn't have he must have just i mean he certainly shouldn't be you know on the line uh, next week because it's a horrendous error because he has just guessed because he cannot have seen the ball go over the line no
0: it was a very poor decision i have to say when i saw the thing happen in real time i thought it was a goal um but you, the linesman's got to be sure right and as you say he can't have been from where he was um the most extreme example of that i can think of is pedro Mendes against us They don't have much luck with that do they, the spurs um but but you know chelsea did get those three points but it does show they're perhaps not in the absolute peak of their form um and we've been brilliant at home i think we've obviously got Barring training injuries between now and then, we've got the full contingent to pick from, with the exception of Darren Fletcher, who does not look ready for 90 minutes of gentle exercise, let alone 90 minutes of football. but it's, you know, why, why shouldn't we win this game? There's, there's absolutely every reason that we should win this game. And the, the only reason that we shouldn't is because we might choke and put in a bad performance. Uh, but I, I think having qualified for the Champions League semi-final, there's going to be such a buzz about the, the Champions League final. There's going to be such a buzz about the club this week. Uh, I'm really optimistic. Yeah, well, we,
1: we need to be. We need to be. I, yeah, there'll be a massive buzz. It's, uh, I mean, we have the recent memory of beating Chelsea twice, uh, which will stand United in good stead. It'll be interesting to see how Chelsea counter it, because actually United's tactics in, in both those games uh, was spot on, really dropping deep into midfield. Um, Carrick and, and Giggs caressing the ball around, and uh, something will have to change in Chelsea, I think, to counter that, because United were, were, were significantly superior over those two games, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I, I presume United will set up the same way. It, you know, I, I don't see why not. Uh, everyone's fit, uh, I would I would expect the depending on fitness uh, you know the what is now the usual back four I think Fabio is a, a very minor injury so he is fit again and you know. You know of course, O'Shea can play. If not, uh, and, um, and uh, Carrick and Giggs will play in midfield, Rooney will drop deep. Uh, I would expect that Valencia will retain his place in the side and, and Park will play too. And, and um, it, you know Chelsea may want to change it. I mean, they, they've been playing three um, in, in the league, haven't they, up front. And uh, the, the big decision really is whether Torres plays or not. You kind of hope he does. Uh, mm,
0: I, got a, I know it's a bit stupid to be superstitious, but I, can't, I just can't hope that Torres plays against us because i'm really worried that that's one of those things that you would definitely live to well or could easily live to regret let's say he's not been in the best of form i think it's fair to say for about two years now at least 18 months but he, he has put in some good shifts against us over the years and he will be Incredibly up for it, at least.
1: Absolutely, absolutely you're right. Uh, t- totally, but so, hey, look. Let's get on to predictions because uh, it's uh, it's a key part of the show, and I'm going to throw it out there. I think I think United will draw with Chelsea, and and I think that will be enough. I think that's all we need because uh, I just in such important games coming up. I think United will will go to Blackburn and win, and we'll uh, we'll hammer Blackpool at home uh, if necessary on the last day. Uh, so I think um, a draw is all United need. I don't think we'll play for a draw, but I think that's what it will be. One I one. Think-
0: Sincerely, sincerely, sincerely. Well, obviously, it's a stupid thing to say, and I'm sure you're in the same position. But I sincerely hope we beat them and don't draw, um, because I don't want any slip-ups against Blackburn away or anything like that. I, I want nice, smooth sailing. I want dispirited opposition, six points behind us, uh, with an unassailable goal difference. Uh, and on all, with all that said, I think that I'm going for a two-one win as the prediction. Uh, and superstition be darned. At this stage of the season, everyone, all I, I'm not a superstitious person. Everyone all around the country are wearing the right trousers and making sure they get on the right bus home and all that kind of thing to make sure that United win but we don't need any of that because we've got Sir Alex Ferguson as our manager and he's going to guide us in for an extraordinary end to what's been a bizarre and exciting season. Yes <laughs> very very bizarre very very bizarre. I don't remember
1: one quite like this. I mean it's, uh, it's a season in which United will... I... I still believe we'll win the Premier League and uh are in the Champions League final uh, made an FA Cup semi-final by by any reckoning it's a stunning season even for United and yet yet there's still that nagging doubt that 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 our team is actually very good. And uh, but there you go, they have over. I think they've overachieved. They they are more than the sum of their parts. And and that is all down to Ferguson. He gets he gets the credit there. I don't, I don't know any other manager who could do that. Uh, I I don't think. Uh, I don't think even Mourinho can can make his players um uh, become more than that. And um and and yeah, there you go. United are going to lose an awful lot when he yeah lose.
0: absolutely. Um, but this is a time to look forward to hopefully his achievements till the end. of this season rather than look forward well not look forward but consider the time when he'll finally leave us let's hope that this season goes out with a bang we'll be back next week to do this all over again in the meantime if you want to get in touch you can email cast at unitedrant.co.uk. you can comment on the united rant facebook page you can of course go and this is definitely the preference to unitedrant.co.uk and throw up a comment on the post there that helps ed with google analytics and all that kind of complicated type stuff you can follow ed at united rant on twitter and me at UTD rantcast, but if you do choose to follow me, you may find that there's too much tweets going on during a United match. So sorry about that. And uh, see you next week. See you next week.